Thank you for taking time from your busy schedules to listen to Life Versus Work here on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Here on Life Versus Work, we examine the parts of the job world that correlate with real-life skills or scenarios, whether it be work-life balance or human behavior. Today's topic is an area I have a love-hate relationship with, as my desk tends to be a bit messy at times, though I always know where everything is, I swear. Yes, we're talking about cutting out the clutter at work to help in productivity. Our expert insider is Angela Wallace, president of the National Association of Professional Organizers, calling us all the way from California. Angela, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's interesting, as I said, to have you on because I kind of have a love-hate relationship with uh, this whole idea. But if you could just briefly describe what your organization does and your uh, position and experience in this realm, so to speak. NAPO is an association of approximately 4,000 professional organizers who cover all different kinds of areas. Anything that can be organized, there's somebody who loves to do that. Uh, It was founded in 1985. I am the current president. I started my business, Wallace Associates, in 1987, 86, so I'm actually in my 27th year of business uh, as a professional organizer, and I work exclusively with small businesses. Great. Well, obviously the perfect person for this topic. Uh, first of all, just generally speaking, because everyone hears the term organization and, and you know, what that means for them, but how do you guys particularly define organization, especially in the workplace? Well, organization is really about does it function. Mm-hmm. So organization can look a lot of different ways depending on the person. Right. But is it working for you? Can you find what you need when you need it? It's all about having the right things at the right place and the right time um, to improve your level of functioning, productivity, and efficiency. So where exactly does clutter come into play in terms of why being having a clean, organized desk or work environment in general, why that's so important? First, I want to dispel the myth that clean equals organized. <laughs> sure. Clean is something very different. You can be <laughs> disorganized and clean and organized and not clean. That's fair. So... <laughs> And again, depending on the person and depending on the time in their life, what organization looks like. Mm -hmm. So one person, I'm a creative person, organization is going to look very different. The the right brain person is going to look very different than the left brain person. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're not they're not organized just because it looks different. And this causes a lot of stress (laughs) in in the workplace. A few years back, uh, the San Francisco Bay Area chapter for Get Organized Week ran a messiest desk contest. And the person who won worked in a large office with cubicles, and her cubicle was just stuffed. And the organizers that went in to help her were totally amazed because <laughs> this was their top producer, right. and she knew where everything was. The reason she was willing to take part in the contest is that she wanted other um, fellow colleagues to feel comfortable to come into her cubicle. Hmm. So this was a, you know, this was a tremendous eye opener that that what it looks like doesn't necessarily correlate with how it's functioning. However, judgments from your peers mm-hmm. and from your bosses can it can have a negative impact on on your success in the workplace. And that's definitely something we're going to touch on a, a little bit later and in terms of that perception and how other people see things. When we talk about clutter, a lot of the things I did look at and in terms of this organization idea they talk about focus and, and how different, again, like clutter can mess with that focus and, and maybe affect you in those ways. 
I mean, do you see that in general as what happens in terms of maybe not letting us be our best or do things to the best of our abilities? I think absolutely clutter can do that. I mean, once once you determine it really is clutter for that person. Mm-hmm. So, for example, really what clutter is, is a decision that's just waiting to be made. <laughs> you tend to pile things because you haven't made a decision. Are you going to throw it away? Are you going to take action on it? Are you going to go to this thing or you're not going to go to this thing? Okay. So it's really, those piles are really all unmade decisions. So that's a big, huge factor in it. And visual clutter, particularly for a visual person, has a tremendous impact. So one of the things that we do as organizers, if you don't have time to complete everything, start with the visual line. So in other words, your line of sight. What do you see when you first come in? What corner does your eye go to? Work Mm. on that corner. If you're sitting at your desk, what is your line of sight? Where is your eyes going to go? Work on that corner. So if if you first focus on the line of sight, that will have a tremendous impact in keeping the process moving because you've made a, you know, when they're sitting there or when they walk in, they're not being as impacted by the club. So it definitely does fall on the lines of, in a way, out of sight, out of mind, where if something's behind you while you're working, it, it your brain doesn't have any uh, subconscious effects by it, correct? Your brain doesn't have any subconscious effects. But in the field of feng shui, which is about energy movement, you're going to have stuck energy in that spot. Okay. But you're, you're not visually going to be impacted by it. Okay. Are there specific tasks then or activities, and you talked especially about creative people that maybe are more affected by a clutter desk or what would be seen as a messy work area, specifically, like I said, any activities maybe that are affected more, I guess, more impactfully? A creative person works in like a circle, so they want everything within reach. Hmm. So they're going to have things out on their desktop behind them in a uh, circle around them to the extent of which they can reach. Whereas a left brain person, it, that's going to be the person whose desk is clean, whose, you know, whose papers are going to be squared on the corner. So that's what it looks like. And both of those can be very highly effectively organized. Okay. They're just going to look different. Right, right. And I think that's a key you bring up. You know, we're trying to speak in generalities because everybody's different and your, your position, your job might be a little different. So I, I like that you are trying to separate some of the things as much as we can. What then in general are some of the common mistakes that people make in terms of organization? They don't take the time to create it. Mm-hmm. So the, fir- the first step is creating your system. And that depends on how the work, the workflow, how the work moves through your space. That's the hardest thing to do, and most people can't do it for themselves. They don't have, they're too close to it, they don't have that perspective. So you create the system, and then you have to dedicate time to maintaining that system. Uh, Recently, I worked with a client to set up a filing system, which they had never had. And we've been doing this for several months because we work on something, and then she tries it out. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, then we have to change it. And you don't, you know, you're not sure it's going to work until she uses it. Right. And to find actually what is that system that is going to work for her. It's not about me and what works for me. It's about what works for the person. And so you would say just in general, I mean, that's that's probably one of the tougher aspects in terms of, yes, time, as you said, or people taking the time to do it. But it comes down to a self-evaluation, doesn't it, of what does work for me? And I would imagine people make mistakes with that idea all the time. Well, they do because a lot of times they don't know the questions to ask themselves. Mm. That's where working with a professional, not just 
uh, speeds up the process. But for usually people don't know where to start. Right. And once the time they hit the first bump, they're going to stop. Oh, I better go get lunch. Whereas the professional organizer helps them get started and helps them keep moving forward. So when they hit the little bump, you work through the bump and then just keep moving forward. Okay. And then after the system is designed, then the organizer trains the person how to use it. And then the person sets aside the time to maintain the system. Would you be able to give us an example of a question or two? I mean, without diving into everything that somebody maybe should ask, especially just to get started. Because like you said, that's oftentimes people they have a hard time getting started or they hit that first bump and it's over, so to speak. Um, so any example questions that someone should ask? Questions, what's not working? What is working? And then you look at, okay, why this is not working. The why, most people can identify what's not working. They may not be able to identify why it's not working. Mm -hmm. Time is a huge thing. Like we set aside time to deal with our emails so they're not interrupting us all the time. You have to do the same thing with whatever system you create. Mm -hmm. So what, what's not working, looking at why it's not working, how can we change that? What are the tools you need? Is it a space thing? Do you need products in your space to organize it? Uh, do you need electrical tools to help you stay organized? Is it a time management thing and you're being distracted? You're allowing yourself to be distracted by interruption. Right. And I mean, again, you bring up all those things. I, I can honestly say I don't think about all those different, you know, why it works or why it doesn't work. So um, I, I think that's important just to kind of get those things out there. When you're talking about this idea of organization and how it might affect people, ultimately we want it to we want to be as productive as possible, and that's the ultimate sign. I think that someone's maybe struggling with that is if their production is down. But what would you say are some other signs that someone is being impacted by their work environment in terms of organization? You're missing deadlines. You're late for meetings. You don't know where anything is. <laughs> you can't find what you want when you need it. And that, that is true whether it's an electronic something or it's a paper something. Mm -hmm. You feel overwhelmed. You feel stressed. Those are all symptoms that's not working. And that's something that, I mean, you may not pick up on your own, but you would hope that a coworker, a colleague, a manager, they pick up on those things and help you figure it all out, really, isn't it? Well, I think your, your supervisor knows that you're missing deadlines or not completing projects. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the biggest one. <laughs> but most supervisors are not trained into what is causing it. Mm -hmm. And they may put you on disciplinary action without really ever knowing what is causing it. Well, and since you bring up that part of it, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about is do you think that it would be beneficial for employers to train their employees, train their managers, their supervisors, on the areas of organization and, and really monitor it to help the overall success and productivity of the company? I think absolutely. And I think absolutely giving employees education on organization skills because it's a learned behavior mm -hmm. is extremely important. But this is going to depend on what is the culture of the business. Right. Some businesses, you know, it's the sink or swim mentality. And other businesses might be, oh, we want to give our employees all the tools they need so everybody can do a good job. Right. And like you said, you have a love-hate relationship with it. That is very, very common because we have so much information coming into our lives in so many different ways. It is, you know, difficult to even manage it. Back in about 2001, Berkeley, uh, UC Berkeley did a study that said 
between 2000 and 2003, which of course that's like 10 years ago now, right. that more new information was created than the previous 100,000 years. <laughs> wow. So new information is just increasing exponentially. Right. And all that fills our minds and our, and our focus and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Try evaluating what health plan you want. Or what cell phone plan you want. Mm. You gather all this information and then it piles up and it's like it's overwhelming. And so you don't make the decision. <laughs> and ultimately not making a decision is a decision. Right. Now with this idea, you know, you said it'd be great to give them the tools to, tr you know, train and, and understand the idea of organization. In terms of monitoring it, so to speak, you know, manager walks by, maybe sees what the desk, the work area looks like. I guess what's the maybe the pros and cons of that type of monitoring employees' uh, areas and stuff? Because I would say it's a little bit of a slippery slope in terms of people having a personal preference, as you talked about, or someone's individuality. Where do you stand in terms of monitoring that as far as employer to employee? Well, I fully agree with you that it is a very slippery slope because no uh, supervisors are not going to be trained into the different processing types, personality mm -hmm. types. Uh, people have said in studies that they do better with a workspace that is open and that they can personalize it. So if everybody's space has to look the same, that that's, you know, that's like way too rigid. So I think the monitoring of it has to only be done in the sense of your productivity mm -hmm. and your efficiency at work if your organization habits are getting in the way of that. Now, if they're just giving you way too much work that can't be done and they want to put it off, oh, you're just disorganized because you can't do it all. Right. We don't want to create a big brother setting. Right. Yeah. And again, that's the, the kind of slippery slope where, I mean, it's understandable employers want as much production as possible for their employees, but at, at what cost with that kind of stuff. And, and you brought up this idea earlier in, in terms of so-called unintended perceptions maybe that people have of an employee, and I think this falls in line with how an employer might view these people. I guess what sort of perceptions do you give if you have this seemingly cluttered, disorganized area? Uh, that you're unproductive, that you're a slob, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and particularly the more left brain the supervisors are, the more they're going to judge the people under them by their standards as opposed to, is this person getting their work done? Are they a high producer in your company? Mm -hmm. You know, if they're a high producer, hey, if it's working, don't, don't rock the boat. Right, right. You know, a lot of people get, in, you mentioned time, so a lot of people get into this maybe pattern of stuff building up, not making decisions. Basically what you said it comes down to, let's say their area is just in utter chaos. It is cluttered. It is affecting them, but it's something that's just piled up over the last six months, a year, and they just feel like, oh, I have no idea where to even start. What's your advice in that situation that I mean, may seem a little extreme for some people? Well, my first advice would be to call in a professional organizer. Good advice. Maybe, maybe yours. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they can help you get started. Right. If your space is totally cluttered, you got to start somewhere. So oftentimes the best place to start is the desktop to clear off the desktop so you have a workspace. If it's a storage problem, you know, say, for example, your files are full and that those piles are because you can't get anything more in the files. 
then you got to start with purging out the file so you have some place to put the new stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you start that process, things are going to look worse before they look better because you're pulling everything out. Hmm. Clutter kind of gets out of control for life situations. Maybe something happened. The company moved. You had to move your offices. Uh, you had personal health problems and were out for a while. And you come back and your systems are not working anymore because they got overloaded. So sometimes systems need adjustment. Mm -hmm. Say you've, you've gotten a promotion or you've added on uh, a, a new task line. And then those systems that were working perfectly fine are no longer working. They need to be reevaluated and readjusted with new systems. Okay, so let's say our listeners have either instilled the help of a professional or they've somewhat gotten started on their own. They're able to be organized. They don't have that mess, that clutter, so to speak. How can you give them a few tips in terms of keeping things straight, maximizing, you know, their production, that sort of thing, so they don't fall into those sort of traps? You know, and I'm thinking in things of routine type things that would be just a part of your day. Sort of like you mentioned before, you take time to check your email, make sure that's all taken care of. So what are some of those routines or, or tasks people can do to make sure things stay straight? Well, maintain your system, which oftentimes is only, you know, minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So ma maintain uh, the system, structure it so that that is part of your work schedule, time to maintain. It sounds like a lot of the times then that it takes so much time just to get started or clean up the original mess that once you do have that system in place, it really becomes just a part of your day and it, it takes up very little time in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, it will take up very little time. And when life takes over, when it gets a little out of hand, handle it immediately. Mm -hmm. but, but that system then will become the routine. And you're absolutely correct. Routines help us move through things easily. The routine has a life of its own. So you do, you're not having to use a lot of mental thought about your routine, mm -hmm. it'd be that those habits just happen. So that reduces the stress. And that's one of the areas I wanted to ask you about in terms of intangible benefits, because obviously, again, we talk about you want to be at your best, you want to be productive, and that's what where this can help. But in terms of those intangibles, you mentioned less stress. Uh, what, what guess what are some of the other things that maybe people enjoy in terms of a positive impact when they are organized, they don't have to worry about this clutter. They don't have to spend, you know, numerous amounts of, of minutes or hours on that sort of thing. What are those intangibles that they get out of it? Well, I think they get a better a better personal life, a better home life, because they're less likely to be working overtime. Hmm, interesting. People in studies have said that the better organized they are at work, the more family time they can they can schedule, mm -hmm. and they're not, not spending. 30 to 40% of their time looking for lost things. Right. Clutter and disorganization have a huge monetary impact in that you're buying supplies that you don't need because you can't find them. <laughs> and how about in terms of, I mean, the attitude towards work or, I mean, do you, do you think that things like disorganization, clutter, that kind of stuff actually does negatively impact someone's feelings towards their job and that cleaning this up would actually improve just that basic idea of morale? I think it would. I think the converse is also true. If you don't like your work or you don't like your job, then it's hard to be your best. That's a good point. No, that's that's fair. Is there a way to figure out which which is the chicken or the egg, so to speak, in that uh, in that scenario? Well, I think only the individual can answer that. In that, is this really work that they like? Is this a company that they like? Are they are they doing what energizes them? 
And in today's market with the economy, so many businesses have cut back, have laid off personnel. And that just means the people who are left were given you know, twice as much work to do. Hmm. So back to the thing I said, if they're just giving you too much work for it to be accomplished, it may not be an organization problem. It may just be you got too much work. <laughs> And that, and we've discussed that kind of stuff on other shows too. So I, I think it's again a fair assessment, and the idea of work piling up or, or not making decisions on things. I mean, it all kind of fits in together, you know. And we're getting a little low on time, but I did want to touch on this part of it too. Uh, and you somewhat mentioned it in terms of improving the the home life if you're organized, you feel better at work, that sort of thing. And that's what we want to touch on with this work life balance. How high on the totem pole, and I know you're maybe a little biased because of the organization you're with, but how high on the totem pole is this idea of organization, clutter-free? You know, you, you mentioned some of those aspects, but in terms of how it really affects us as humans at work or at home, because so often we think we go to work, we're a number, we punch the clock, that sort of thing, but it really does impact us as humans and how we behave, this whole idea of organization. Wouldn't you agree? I definitely agree. Clutter weighs you down. It actually kind of makes it feel it's a heavy weight on you. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just, you know, that's the physical clutter. That's the visual clutter. It could be emotional clutter. It could be mental clutter. Too many thoughts running around in your head. Right. You know, so that's all still clutter. And it has, um, it weighs you down. It makes it harder to make a decision because we know that clutter is just a decision waiting to be made, Mm -hmm. but it makes it even harder to make a decision because you can't even see where the decision is. (laughs) And it does create stress. And stress, of course, is the number one factor in illnesses. So all of that is related. Right. It all kind of cycles into each other in one way or the other, right? Exactly. And that's why, you know, again, I, I said I didn't think of this necessarily on my own with this story idea, but we had seen some things, and that's why we felt it was so important. So, uh, obviously, we appreciate your insight on it, and um, hopefully, this does give people, including myself, a way to improve their their workspace and their productivity. And one other little piece of advice I want to give is that when you're creating the systems, you want those systems to be as simple as possible. Hmm. You don't want complex systems. Sure. Because that, then you can take too much time to maintain your system if it's too complex. Right, right. Good advice. That's good. I mean, it's very important to, to remember that sort of thing. Well, unfortunately, it looks like we're out of time for this subject, but we do encourage you to listen again here on Life Versus Work. Our expert was Angela Wallace, president of the National Association of Professional Organizers. Angela, where can people learn more about both NAPO and your work as well? Well, if they want to find a professional organizer and learn more about the industry, go to www.napo.net. My business, Wallace Associates, is www.wallaceassociates.net. Well, thank you once again, Angela, for your perspective on clutter at work. Thank you very much. And for those listening, please feel free to send us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com with any comments or suggestions. And for everyone here at localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm Tim Muma. Take care.